back to Colombian Influence. This is the book club series, chapter two. We are going to be diving into chapter two of The Primal Wound today. Um, that is titled The Connection with the Birth Mother. So as we did last time, we're going to go through the sections that stuck out to us the most, talk a little bit about it, obviously not go into everything to give you guys a chance to read it yourselves, but just to kind of guide the conversation, add some discussion pieces to it. Uh, so let's dive in. Okay, so I think you had the first uh, first section. Um, the mysterious link between mother and child was something that stuck out to you. What yeah, was that? Yeah, so I had one little part that stuck out to me. It said, no matter how close they are to their adoptive parents, there is mm. a space reserved for the mother who gave them birth. And this is kind of what I talked about in chapter one, how there was always that void. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what it was until I was reconnected with my birth mom. And so I just wrote on here, I just agreed until recently, I didn't understand why there was that void. So I, I've always agreed with that, but just until recently, I didn't understand why there was that void. Interesting. And I, I don't know. And I think the void is still semi there, like I've talked about before, but it's true. There's always that space for your birth mom. I, I think what I... I'm hesitant to say like, but I mean, it's something that I can appreciate now more, especially like being so close with you, but also um, the way that some people refer to their birth mother or birth family is like first mom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing that a lot of people don't even know about. Um, it's actually something that Kate Lundquist also mentioned is that her you know, way of raising her sons that are from Haiti is that, like, they grew up for a certain point with their birth mom, mm -hmm. but they basically were, like, it's kind of more referred to as their first mom. And That's so interesting. I think it just, like, it provides space, which I really like. And, again, I was hesitant to say, like, I like this part about it because, <laughs> I mean, it's still heavy. It's mm -hmm. still, like, talking about this void that needs to be filled and everything, but... um I think that's something that can be maybe reserved for something more special mm -hmm. than being just something that's painful. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I didn't really have a ton of notes in the beginning. The first introduction, I kind of just, they talk a lot about the fact that uh, the mother and baby are, like, psychologically one. Mm -hmm. It's not even that they're two separate beings. Like, I mean, for the first, you know, portion of life is... Yeah. They were um, with each other for 40 weeks. Of course you're connected. Yeah. So I think that was, that put a very specific label on it and same with like kind of how it's grown in you as you've mm -hmm. grown up and everything. Um, and I think they also talk a little bit about their, uh, in that first section of like the fear of rejection, which is really common yeah. for a lot of people as well. Um, let's see. The other section I think this this chapter just gets more like interesting as you go as mm -hmm. far as things that I just mm, I don't even want to say that I necessarily like don't connect with but it's more so they just go into a very wide description of certain things. So um and I think with you not searching for your birth mom or wanting maybe not even wanting that mm -hmm. in your lifetime kind of makes this section a little bit harder to relate to because mm. a lot of parts I was like yes yes yeah that's you know yeah and you still agreed because obviously that's still deep in your mind like yeah that's that's my mom mm -hmm. that's 
you know, that's that void. And I felt that you still have, a, a you know, a void. Something. There's an element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. I guess I hadn't really thought about it in that. Again, it's kind of just like our element to or our opportunity to compare mm-hmm. our situations and being different in that way. Absolutely. It kind of points at those kinds of things mm-hmm. of being something that one of us relates to and one of us doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that's really prominent in this chapter is going over birth mother fantasies. That is the biggest section, I think, in this chapter. And I just thought this was really interesting. Um so funny because I didn't connect with this section that much. See, I didn't connect with it necessarily. I just... It's a big I section. I found it really interesting, honestly. Absolutely. Like, uh, the birth mother fantasy section is these, like, a bunch of adoptees just kind of talking about, like, the types of fantasies that they have about their birth mothers or birth families. Generally, birth mother is what mm-hmm. a lot of this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, partially just going back to the fact that the mother and the child is the being. Uh, one particular I think is mentioning that, well, my birth father was just someone that was with her at some point to whatever degree. And it's kind of limited at that Mm -hmm. point. So I think that's really where that comes from. Um, and I would say these anecdotes that these adoptees talk about as envisioning their birth mothers, I feel like their point of view goes back to very much of like this childlike mindset, mm-hmm. probably because that is what they ref- revert to as thinking about these kinds of things and their psychology of being like, I want my mom, you know, that's, you know, something that you envision a kid saying. Um, and it's like these fantasies are drawn from a combination of that mindset and yet the excruciating pain of missing someone. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows, adoptee or not, how you're you feel when you miss somebody. Mm-hmm. And I almost think that that's the best way to like pinpoint how that void is, regardless of to if it's daily or yeah. Like if it's just like, it's all the time, mm-hmm. it's not quite as like, it's not bothering in your head. Like if you're missing a, a significant other right. or a parent or what, well, you know, well, I guess in this case it is a parent, but mm-hmm. missing anybody else that has been present in your life or like going through grief. Mm. It's the same kind of thing, but it's it's this mysterious element. Um, and one thing is mentioned here is she also used to cry for her, yet she couldn't understand why she would cry for someone I never knew. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's really... Because I didn't really underline really much of anything else in that section. It was really... Yeah, it was really just that. Um, I underlined the first sentence. Even if they had no conscious memory of her, many adoptees have fantasies about their birth moms. Mm. which is it's true and we have this as a discussion question later on that we'll kind of go into deeper you know Mm -hmm. thoughts on but that's what you said was so true and kind of going into the next section the difference between understanding and feeling Mm. there was a part here it said she said i understand that she had to give me up mom but why doesn't that make me feel any better i underline that too Because I think that... Why does that not make me feel any better? Yeah, I think that uh, that is, like, I think the mystery of Mm -hmm. uncovering, um, I don't know, I guess all of the deep emotions of it and everything Mm -hmm. is just we're told all these reasons why, we're given the reasons why, or we're not. Or we just kind of understand why some people do have to do that. We may not know our particular circumstances, 
And we get it because, like, if we had uh-huh. to go through that, if someone we loved had to go through that, we would understand their choice. But it doesn't make you feel any better. And right under that, it says the baby doesn't care why she did it. The baby just feels abandoned. I mean, there's no reasoning with that, especially yeah. as a baby. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think. I don't even know. It's so interesting that you and I are coming from this very different perspective of this chapter, especially. Um, another thing I guess I underlined in here was just like uh, in particulars where uh, um, adoptee is saying that he felt as though he was waiting for like his birth mom to rescue him mm. is kind of just like vaguely is kind of what he said. Um, he didn't co- consider his situation in his now life as something bad, but it later seemed to him that it was a wish to be relieved from anxiety that his birth mother could do that. So I think that's also, I can see that wow. being something where, uh, I don't know, maybe part of like the reason why people want to look for birth family yeah. is because, uh, you know, you're searching for that for your whole life or, you know, just that feeling of being that's relieved exactly of that. That's exactly why I did it. Yeah. I wanted to fill that void. I wanted to have, have those questions answered that I had all these what ifs mm-hmm. and doing so and kind of figuring out that. Yeah, My mom was with me for two days, you know, also finding out that my birth dad's probably dead at this point because he was 50 when I was born. He had a whole other family. All those things are like, I don't really even know how to explain it. It's just, you don't really know the full story either. Mm -hmm. Even when you hear all these different parts, like I heard this after I've already met you. Why would you not tell me that? Yeah. That part, maybe it wasn't important to her, but it's important to me. I was with you for two days Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of, it's, I think it's a lot of just, like, this whole chapter feels very, it's a lot of just going into the what if, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, what do you do with that? I, I don't, don't know. know. I think that's why maybe this chapter I felt a little less, um, I mean, less validated in the way that I just, I don't connect with the after birth mom search you know I don't have any of that Mm -hmm. to refer to so there's not really anything that I can be like oh yeah this is how I whatever it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like yep it's still just a what if like this is what's happening Mm -hmm. you know this is where I'm at right now um but it's really interesting just like the way that these people talk about the fantasies like one person talks about like a fantasy that isn't necessarily uh you know, a positive one yeah I think that's really interesting but it's also can you relate to that mostly because hmm. this is kind of like one of our main questions and we'll go back into the book on where we are but what kind of birth mother fantasies did you have if any I think for me not really a lot I guess I me I can't either. pinpoint a, yeah I can't really pinpoint a specific thing that I thought or wanted or whatever and I remember, like, I think it was maybe sometime in, oh, gosh, I can't even remember. It was probably early teens. I don't really even know. Mm-hmm. But I remember I did have, like, this reoccurring dream for a little while mm. where it was, like, a figure of someone would walk away. And that's all that I remember. Like, that's all that I remember. But what? I remember I had a couple times where I'd just be, like, someone's walking away and I feel a certain type of way. Like, you know how in mm. dreams where you sometimes, if they feel too real, you wake up and you just feel that? And it's just, it's just heavy and that's really all that it is. Like, and I, I wish I can remember what time of my life that this is what I 
was experiencing a howl about often. right. Probably teenager, <laughs> trying to find myself. It's fine, <laughs> as we all are. But and I think and we've talked about that with just you know coming of age, coming out of the fog, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I personally think it's you know going from a one thousand piece puzzle to a five thousand piece puzzle. That is really. That's a good good description of that. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like it gets more complicated. It's more Mm -hmm. abstract. It's Mm -hmm. so much more things to piece together, literally. And I think that that's something that growing up and being a teenager, and that's probably why, like, I mean, now I have a really great relationship with my parents. And I know, like, you and I kind of connect on that, too. It's like, and you and I both live very close to, you know, her parents. And so it's like Mm -hmm. we're able to do that now as adults. But I think the normal coming of age that people have as teenagers is... There's a whole lot more to it that we have to add to as adults, which is yes. kind of what makes it more of a challenge, too, because we're just continuously trying to form our identity and ourselves and be a productive person to society and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff while doing all of this. And yeah. that's really complicated. And I think a lot of people do also. I don't know if the the birth mother fantasies is a way to validate themselves, because I could see that being... Mm-hmm part of it but you say that you don't have you no. didn't really ever do that no the only thing i that. can think of is seeing like a latina woman walking oh, by yeah. and be like is that my mom yeah is that my birth mom is that my aunt you know like what would it be like to be like in a household that only spoke spanish had you know mm-hmm. bomb food all mm-hmm. the time no offense mom but like super <laughs> like super good <laughs> Super good, like, Latina food. You know, like, what we had on our live video. Like, the empanadas, the tamales, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that. What would that be like? I think that's what I've kind of fantasized about, but it never Mm. really correlated with my birth mom. And I think, I mean, uh, this is obviously, it might be a story for another day, but I feel like, for me, it's more so the cultural essence of it. It's less so the specific person. Yeah. Because, I mean, I find a lot of joy in learning new cultures and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's like that is something I'm now at a point where I'm so excited to be able to Mm -hmm. go back. You know, you and I go back to Columbia together and be able to actually experience it together. After this COVID. Ah! (laughs) I said, give us two years. We'll be in Columbia. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's like really what I feel like I've been missing and haven't really had that really good opportunity to do. And Interesting. I I totally forgot you haven't been there. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to do the search. Just being there in your own culture is an experience in itself. Well, and I mean, even going back to when I have visited Spain. I mean, we've done our 23andMe. There's a lot of European, like Portuguese and Spanish in me. So it's when I was in Spain, you know, that was when I dyed my hair darker. You talked about this. You felt... I felt so, like, at home. And Mm -hmm. even when I was in France, people were guessing that I was Spanish and speaking Spanish to me. I'm like... Shakira. I got I got nothing for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I guess kind of going back into that, like not trying to cut you off oh, no, there, no, but going back to the t- attachment and bonding section, it was a little bit before of what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. but there was a part here. It says, I believe that it would be safe to say that most adopted children form attachments to their adoptive mothers. Mm. This is a kind of emotional dependence, which seems yeah. critical to their survival. I remember but that too. Bonding on the other hand may not be, be so easily achieved and I can speak to that 100% me and my mom she did everything for me why would I why would I do that why was I so stupid as a young teenager mm-hmm. but I was so hard on her and it, it was hard to have that bond mm-hmm. there was just something missing it was like 
an aunt mm-hmm. or some something off, something off. And mm-hmm. we've gone so close and I love you mom so much and you've done so much for me and I you know, I couldn't thank you enough for everything, but mm-hmm. it was definitely hard as a teenager. And I know there's always that oh, it's always hard as a teenager, but I think it was ex- especially hard it was just as like, an adoptee. And I think it was more so just like it wasn't necessarily always the for me anyway, necessarily the verbal ways of that being a conflict. It was more so the internal emotional part for me mm-hmm. that felt off. And you connect more, well, I wouldn't want to say connect more with your dad, but I was always a daddy's girl. I'm, I'm I, I was to too. Say it. Like, yeah, and you, you were bonded too. easier with your dad. And mm-hmm. I don't know why was that part of adoption? I did was read that, that because I can't you were here, but there was somewhere that we read yeah. that was like a lot of times they bond more with the adoptive mm-hmm. father. And I don't know if it's, I want to say it's in here somewhere and saying that it's I like, I don't think it's this chapter, like, but it's, no, it's somewhere. Yeah. It's like less risk. Mm-hmm. I think to bond with your father. Cause you're like, okay, you have less cards on the table. Like this yeah. is fine. I think that's kind of part of where that comes from, which is so interesting. So I mean, we'll try to find that for sure. For sure. And we'll talk about it on our other chapters. If yeah. we come across it, but I feel like that is a, a huge part that you and I also both really get, too. Absolutely. Um, let's see. So the next part for me, um, let's see. We did Birth Mother Fantasies. Um, Mysterious Link we did, right? Mm-hmm. Or did we? Mysterious Link. The last thing I oh, have yep. is just confusion. Oh, yep. Confusion between love and abandonment. And I vividly remember... Let's paint a picture here. Um, (laughs) So back in the spring when I first read this book, uh, I was furloughed and I would go and sit and lay lay on a blanket at the park. Those are the best times. Remember our picnic? I remember our picnic. Mm. It was donut picnic. Throwback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would like every single morning because I was getting my way through this book and I was working on my like identity with my therapist at the time and I would go and bring my book, bring some water, get some sunscreen, lay out on a blanket at this park near my apartment for like two, three hours a day and just read this book, bring a pen and just Mm -hmm. go all out. And I vividly remember turning this page, the top of this page, this next section being confusion between love and abandonment. And this first paragraph is just saying, um, let's see. Just get right to the main point. Should I get to the, okay. Yep. You yeah. know exactly where <laughs> know you're that. looking at. Okay. It's underlined, and then it's at the top, too. Okay, I'll skip over the first part of the paragraph, but uh, the middle of the paragraph goes to, the idea that the birth mother loved the baby so much that she gave him away is a non sequitur so far as the child is concerned. There is an equation here. Love equals abandonment. And you have said that to me so many times, and until I've read it the second time, it clicked. It, I don't even know. It, that, I, mm-hmm. I literally, as I was sitting in the park, I, <laughs> oh my God, like that is yeah. what happened. I was like, I cannot believe it just clicked, and I was just stunned. And this has so much to do with <sighs> relationships, friendships. Oh my, yes. You know, boyfriends, you know, girlfriends, whatever the case may be. This is huge. This is the biggest, like, piece for me where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, no. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. like, okay, I guess I got to work on that because I just never got a place to, you know, pinpoint mm-hmm. what that meant. 
Yeah. That was life changing for me. And just, I think in the way that people can now, uh, at least I hope we can bring awareness to the fact that especially adoptive parents, I think that is a very powerful position Mm -hmm. for even if you are in a very nurturing family, like we were all of those good things, you can be the best parent in the world. There's still going to be this element of all of this and the primal wound that exists. And Maybe somehow reshaping that idea mm. of we loved you so, or they loved you so <laughs> much, bec- and that's why they gave you up. Like that's that, such. <laughs> it's just I, I think just like reframing that, that is really important. Can get out, yeah. And that's such an easy way to put it. Yeah, and I think it's been like the easy way to. And that's what I it. told you when we first met. That's what I've been told. And yeah, I'm like, that makes sense. You know, she did love me. And then the deeper I'm looking, I like. <laughs> The heck, like <laughs> it's just like yeah. it, I feel like it's almost a cop out mm-hmm. now that I'm kind of here. I'm just like, okay, can we mm-hmm. talk about like actually what's going on yeah. and not be so wishy washy? Because mm-hmm. you know, it just there are a million reasons. Absolutely. There probably are a million reasons. There isn't just one, and it's yeah. not because they just loved you. Yeah. So poverty, hurt. I mean, sexual assault, uh, addiction, anything like that. There's so, so many. many. Things. It could be all of them, literally all of yeah. them at once. I, I don't even know. There's just, again, I just feel like this is such a important thing that we need to work to reframe because yes. I think it's impacted both of us yes. so harshly and that I'm so like changed by reading this. I was at that park being like, oh my God, just audibly. And people with their dogs were like, what's going on? Like, is she okay? And I'm just like, no, I'm not okay. Come read this book. It's crazy. Listen well, to my podcast. Like, <laughs> get it out of there. Yeah, it was just like this yeah. in particular, like that's kind of nearing the, you know, end of the chapter mm-hmm. and everything. But that just, I will never forget that. And For I will sure. never forget the first time that I read that because it just, Open my eyes. Absolutely. And I don't think, I, I definitely underlined that same thing because mm-hmm. the more you talked to me about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it opened my eyes to that. And I never in a million years thought that would be the case, but it is. It's it's so interesting how obvious it is now that we know it yeah. or now that it's been kind of pointed out to us. Other than that, I think kind of going back to our questions that we had. So mm-hmm. we talked about birth mother fantasies. So this, I guess, is kind of more towards me between the two of us. Yeah. I mean, everyone else has their own stories and the discussion is open for everyone. But yeah. if you've done the work to meet your birth family and had any type of resolution, how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. And then also, did you only search for your birth mom? This was the question kind of in the book, which oh, is right. very mm-hmm. interesting to me. Did you only search for your birth mom or did you want to search for your whole family if possible or your birth father? Like who was the specific person you wanted to search for? And for me, it was just like, I started with my birth mom because that's who I knew. I knew my dad had a, his own family, his own wife, kids. Oh, okay. You know, I knew he was much older. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew he wouldn't want anything to do with me. I knew he would want no part of me. And so I didn't even want to kind of go down that road. Did that you ever? No. Oh, okay. And she sure. doesn't even know his name. Oh, that's right. And so there was no, there was no leads on what I could do or where I could go. Mm-hmm. So that already was like a dead end for me. And I didn't want to go down that and feel hurt and already kind of, um, what's the right word? Describe that again. Just finding him and then being told like... Rejected? Yeah. You know, like the fear of rejection kind of? Or? Yes, but that's not what I'm looking for, but in that, in that sense. And so 
doing so, I searched for my birth mom. And with that resolution, I filled that void. I filled those different extent. feelings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've also opened up a million more questions. And I think mm. that's a hard part and a thing that most people don't talk about. You do have that's so really many more questions coming mm-hmm. up. You know, these little things like, did you, you, you miss my graduation? You missed this. You missed this. All my birthdays. Like, yeah. did you think about me? What are you like? What is life like there? What yeah. would it be like if I was there? You know, all these different things. So I only searched for my birth mom, and I think that's just the way I did it. And I found out that I have a half-brother, but she didn't have any family either. So mm-hmm. I think while doing so, you could definitely find more family, but in my case, there was none. And I think going back to the fantasies, part of this is I've also thought about with my mental health and you know the huge downfall I had when I was a teenager, mm. how would have this been if I was in Columbia yeah would have they been able to afford glasses I needed glasses when I was in fourth grade you know therapy Mm, different medications that I was on or was that all just part of adoption that's what I always would have yeah would I have ever had that yeah no I always wonder that too it's just like how does that actually (laughs) I mean glasses I would have had I mean and I mean the different issues that I found out you know medically that I I would have had oh most likely but it's, it's just still a weird thing mm-hmm. to think about. So I definitely That's have really felt a good, this one. yeah, felt a good resolution, but I've also still had all these questions and things I'm still learning about. Mm-hmm. And as an adoptee, I feel like you'll never know the full truth. No, there's always like something. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that's a hard thing to wrap your head yeah, around. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I think most of my hesitancy to do that is mostly out of fear which Mm -hmm. is really normal for a Mm -hmm. lot of adoptees um just because it's like I all my fantasies as far as like what would happen are all negative Mm -hmm. and I just cannot stand the idea of being more lost than I am now yeah and I think that is what drives me to that's such a good point. Uh, yeah, it's just like it drives me to learn more about why. And just because like the time that you and I have been doing this, it's been so fulfilling for me and learning about it and helping mm-hmm. other people. That's what I feel like I've been driven to do in my life, period. Absolutely. And so I couldn't agree like, more. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, that I'm doing and that is fulfilling a lot of what that is because I didn't have the answers. If I can find the answers for myself and provide it for like five other people, I'm in. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. But it's like... The idea of going into that idea and or going into a search is so just what if this gets worse? Do you ever think of what if it could get better? No. (laughs) (laughs) What if you had questions answered? What if the thing is, I don't know that my questions would be answered because most of what frustrates me now is my medical conditions. Absolutely. A lot of Mm -hmm. which are physical. And are just genetic. And, like, those are things that probably wouldn't have been able to be taken care of in Colombian healthcare. Yes. But they I, still I exist. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I do know there's a lot to this as far as, like, the your your body. And, like, I've mentioned that before is just, like, your body holds these traumas. Mm-hmm. And I've had my neurologist say that your mitochondria <laughs> is not the par. <laughs> I love so, that guy. Right? I know. <laughs> but at the same time, rude. Don't yeah. talk about my mitochondria. Right. But... <laughs> But, like, it was just kind of an element of that. And he had said, like, 
your body can hold your trauma and create these problems. I'm like, that's not fair. Dang it. Okay, so it's like a double-edged sword, at least for me. I don't yeah. really know. It's like, I just feel like those kinds of answers I have as far as, mm-hmm. because I've been told, like, I don't know, the the muscle condition that I was treated for in high mm-hmm. school and had surgeries for that was mm-hmm. a huge mystery and a huge pain for my mom and I to deal with in a small town because they had so few, like, athletic doctors and stuff, and it was just... It was hereditary and so rare to begin with, and it was even rare to have it in both legs, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. And then I ended up having it also just, like, what in my arm. What if your birth mother had that? And she probably didn't ever get to have it treated. And it's just, like, but what does that make a difference? Good point. I just don't know. Like, for Good me, point. I don't know that it will make a difference for me at this point because I... That's a really great point. I'm finding a lot more with... Even just this last year, just finding that opportunity to be self-sufficient emotionally, physically, just every element of this, like, mentally, and And be able to just, like, take the cards that have been dealt. Yep. And also make it more, I don't know, maybe more accepted for other Mm -hmm. adoptees to feel like they don't want to and do it in not a... Yes. Just a fear-based way. I mean, mine isn't necessarily all fear-based. There is an element of it where just, like... No, I'm really happy with doing this on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that this is what is bringing me that peace. Yeah. It's so interesting (sighs) because it's hard to say what I'd feel if I didn't do the search at this point. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but doing it, I'm just like, oh, come on. It was so validating. You know, like I just feel all these emotions. But what you said blew my mind and made me kind of take a step back. Like, you're right. This this is our journey. Mm -hmm. What you find out might not be what you want why take a step mental like take a step back mental health wise and ruin mm -hmm. that you know it would just and that like kind of scares me a little bit that would be so scary already absolutely but at the same time it's like okay if i were to be ready in 10 years i don't know what that'll bring me as far as like people being alive so it's like, I think right now it's kind of just making kind of my like, peace with the it, fact that this is when I should do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to do it. Right yeah. Now. It's kind of like Eric's story. Maybe when yeah. you're older, you'll want to, you'll find out she passed away, but you can still connect with other things. And honestly, I feel like with his story, with the, you know, the photo um, project that he did and everything, it was being able to just connect with seeing someone that looked like him was huge. Yeah. And I get that for mm-hmm. sure. Um Granted, I think that would be a little bit more difficult with an international adoption. But regardless of that, I think it's still something that, uh, you know, I've enjoyed also just with the 23andMe because I do have, like, I have a second or third cousin mm-hmm. that lives in Madison, Wisconsin. She's just a few years older than I am. And, and that's a big friends. step. That's huge. And that's fun. You know, it's yeah. like it's somebody that's closer in my age and it's just like, we're related. Mm-hmm. That's super cool to me and really exciting yeah. for me. And it's like. And not so much of that emotional dauntiness of, yeah. yeah. There's not as much, or really any conflict with Mm -hmm. that. It's just like, you exist. You are my family. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And that's a big step. That's something maybe you would have never done. And I will never pressure you into doing something you wouldn't want to do. And it is an extremely, extremely emotional, hard, I mean, Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could do it now. If I was mm, to do it now, interesting. I had to just rip the bandit off. I had to do it right when I could. I was just going to say because I'm like a decade older than what you were when you did just. That. So that's I just had really to be done. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then over these years, I've been able to cope with it. Yeah. And I think it's taken me what eight years yeah. to oh figure gosh. out what those feelings meant, how I feel now, 
what do I want from this? Like, yeah. that's the big thing that no one talks about. What do you want from it now? Wow. What does this do for you? What you just said, what does it do <sighs> for you? It's, yeah. a, it's a whole other thing. And if you're not ready, you absolutely should not start that journey because mm-hmm. it is a life-changing journey. You want to be fully mentally, physically, I mean, everything in that zone to do it. And mm-hmm. if you're not ready, I would not do it. I mean, it's a huge task, a huge yeah. Not even like a, it's, I wouldn't say burden, but it's, it's a lot of it's weight on your shoulders to really, yeah. figure out. Wow. <laughs> For a chapter that I was like, I don't really connect that much. <laughs> You're just like, well, besides Here you are. Yeah, I know. It's just, but it's still, it's, I, we didn't get to discuss this the first time we read yeah. it. So this is great. So how did, overall, how did it make you feel? Like, obviously we could relate here and there to, I think all the chapters we can definitely relate to, but overall feelings... What did you take from this one? I would say overall, it was kind of just validating that, like knowing that that connection exists and is mm-hmm. lost. Just acknowledging that mm-hmm. peace is, I think, really important. Um, just to know that that's something that, you know, may just be a little nagging thing in my brain of like, mm-hmm. hey, this this exists and this is hard and this is something that existed so strongly mm-hmm. and closely yeah for a good chunk of time like I've known people less time than 40 weeks you know and it's like <laughs> it, it's that's a significant amount of time um it's very interesting I don't even want to say anything else besides that I think that's kind of where I leave it with this chapter mm-hmm. and I, I think for me it's just kind of validating that those voids that I felt are real the connection I struggled to get with my mom you know my adoptive mom versus my birth mom kind of now having both how how to cope how to deal with that um you know those feelings are valid and other people feel that and Mm, yeah either searching or not searching you still have those feelings you still have kind of that mini void Mm -hmm. and it's something we can just all relate on and I don't know how to make it better or how to close that without doing a search like that that was my Mm -hmm. healing but like what you said Doing this might be your closure on that void. Mm-hmm. Listening to our podcast might be the closure on that void for you. I don't know. Or leading you to the next path. Absolutely. As far as getting that, I don't know, that either the validation or the motivation to actually start doing it. We have had people tell us that like mm-hmm. listening to our podcast has been an inspiration for them to do it. And we love you guys so much. I like, know. Literally, those that makes messages. My day. Yes. <laughs> This is why we did it. We just wanted to connect with somebody, and we got connections, what, the first week? First, we've like, been, yeah, literally first week. couple of days. Just, yeah, we've just... And continuously since then, just yes. people that we're now becoming so close with. Absolutely. And that's all that we really could ask for. So thank yeah. you for joining our book club series. We will see you next time at Columbian Influence. Um, yeah. I guess just continue to follow us on all social media platforms. It is C-O- L O M B I A N N <laughs> Erica can't spell Colombian. <laughs> well, I was like, wait, it's Colombian. No. <laughs> but Start also, over. cut that out. Okay. <laughs> um, be sure also if you're looking for a copy, either for yourself or for someone else, um, go to our website, ColombianInfluence.com, C O L O M B I A N Influence.com. And go to resources. You can go to our bookshop online and order a copy. Order a couple copies. Here we go. Primal Wound. 
And uh, part of the proceeds will go to Back to Us. So helping us create more content and talk about this a little bit more. So um, be sure to come back for more segments on uh, the next chapters as we make our way through the primal world. Until next time. Beta. Bye. Bye. <laughs>